Welcome to Soul Traders Podcast. I'm Bo. And I'm Amy. Our podcast is for creatives and freelancers who want to build an intentional business in alignment with their life and their values. We release a new episode every week. Hit subscribe on your preferred platform to stay in the loop. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Noongar people on Wajuk, Manang and Bibbulmun, Budja. Today, I'm doing an episode by myself, Got Rid of Amy Again. This one is all about photography for Instagram. Good photography is one thing, but what works on Instagram seems to be another. That's what I've learned from being a professional photographer when Instagram started booming, and I've been quite surprised by the way some images outperform others in terms of engagement. Lots of people think that Instagram photography is new, but I would argue that we have long held a fascination with images that are of the scale of the human hand. If you Google the words carte de visite, prints, and have a look at this incredibly popular way to communicate and share your life, holidays, and portraits from the 1860s, it's an incredible insight into our fascination with the reproduction of images at a small and tradable scale. They were the precursor to both the postcard and the Instagram humble brag. When people say they're paying attention, it's because they are paying something. It's not money, but it is their time, and that is really valuable. The photograph on Instagram is the inroad in our attention economy. You may have something amazing to say, but if your photo doesn't stop people on their endless scroll, they simply won't read it. This mini-ep has been made to accompany Amy's mini-ep on caption writing that she recorded just a few weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that yet, um, please listen to that after this. It's only 10 minutes and you will not regret it. This isn't a get 1,000 followers free talk. I'm a sole trading service provider, so follower numbers are not my jam. Creating relationships with good clients on meaningful projects is where it's at for me, and Instagram plays a part in that. But of course, I am a photographer, so I do need the images to be at least half decent. So here's some of my top tips for you. Number one, don't buy any fancy gear. You likely already have everything you need. I've seen so many cameras collecting dust in artist studios and offices to know that the best camera is the one that you'll use. If that's your phone, great, use that. It's not a problem. Number two, orientation, portrait or landscape. That doesn't refer to the content of the image, so it's not that a portrait means that it's of a person or landscape is of a beautiful beach or something. It refers to the shape that it makes, so think of your favourite interiors or art magazine. It's likely portrait on the cover, but if you were to open the magazine and make a double-page spread out of it, it would be landscape in orientation. So with a portrait orientation image on Instagram, you'll take up double the space of a landscape image. And that's a 100% increase in real estate for free. So if you're a person who has been posting squares like it's 2012, it's time to give this a go. Number three, use natural light. It's always superior. It falls for free ambiently from your windows and doors all day. 
soft natural light coming from the side is a beautiful and warm way to shoot your products, portraits and anything else. If you can identify a time of day and area in your regular studio, home or office where soft natural light is falling, you are more than halfway to creating consistently beautiful imagery. Number four, try some basic composition techniques. I teach in the Gestalt theory style, which uncovers our human comforts and discord around the way images are composed in a rectangle. Here's some quick tips on composition. Never underestimate the importance of your background. This is called the figure ground relationship. When you photograph something, the foreground and background can merge, giving rise to things poking out of people's heads and strong lines from the background either distracting or supporting the focal point. So look behind your subject and move it, and if you can't do that, move yourself to change the way that it interacts with the background. Every time you change angles, higher or lower, to the left, to the right, you change the perspectival plane, and this can result in being able to see your subject, whether it's a person, a product, or a building, in a new and unexpected way. Another compositional technique is called frame within a frame. The frame can be a window, the canvas of your artwork, a doorway. It doesn't have to be square. It could be a circle, but your focal point has to be inside it. Give this a go and look for it in other images and you'll see how often it is used. The next thought I have around composition for Instagram is the use of negative space. Your photo doesn't have to be full of stuff. You don't have to crop in very close to your subject. You can leave space around your subject and give it what's called breathing room in the form of a sky, an empty wall or something similar. It also gives your viewer a space to rest their eyes and this is surprisingly paramount on Instagram which is absolutely chock full and so busy. So using the negative space, you can just create a pause for people's eyes and that can lead them to staying on your image. It can lead them to reading your caption. Outside of composition, I want to talk about contrast. In the land of Instagram, a quick crank of your contrast will likely give your image a bit more punch. If you don't have a fancy camera and a computer with Photoshop, you can still do really well with a phone and the free Adobe Lightroom app. This piece of phone software has some really sophisticated features, including white balance tools, transform tools, and it also has your staples like cropping, contrast, and brightness tools. I'm not a fan of filters because of the work I do, but many people use Lightroom presets to give their images a certain and consistent look and feel. I guess this depends on whether you're pedantic about the look of your grid. I personally am not because I find overly curated grids boring, which is controversial. I know I have to talk to Amy about that later. So the next tips for shooting interiors. So this goes for interiors of um, architecture. It also goes for behind the scenes studio images and exhibition installations. So I've got four tips on this one. The first one is to be square. Make yourself, your camera back or your phone completely parallel to the main wall. This isn't the recipe for success in every interior, obviously, 
But if you make this your starting point, you'll have a great foundation to work from. This one small act will remove hours of tears and upset later and give your images a much more professional feel, so parallel to the main wall. The next tip I'd give would be to be brutal. Remove objects that are distracting or ambiguous. If you're in doubt, remove it. You can always put it back if you think that you need a pop of colour or you need that shape to be back somewhere, Um, but I'm always, if in doubt, remove. If you're using a camera and you have a tripod that you haven't used for a while, pull it out if you want to be shooting some more interiors because you need to be stable. It's often quite dark inside rooms and there's a large difference between the light that's coming through the window and where that's falling and the light in the darker corners of the room. So you can use a long shutter speed if you are on a tripod. I use tripods for pretty much everything. Tripods are my best friend. Also, I'd say be human. Shooting with a person for scale can be a really fantastic way to engage your viewer This goes for exhibitions, interiors, and certainly for landscapes as well. People love to see people in photos. And lastly, and most importantly, keep trying. It's the joy of digital photography. It costs you nothing, and it's how you'll learn. Taking one photo and wondering why it's not very good will unsurprisingly not get you anywhere. So keep going, take more photos and keep trying. Unpacking what it is about other people's photos that you really like will also help you substantially. It does take effort, but those efforts are rewarded. The images that you love that look off the cuff and are so beautiful and engaging, they're unlikely to be spontaneous in any way. So don't be afraid to put aside some time each week or month in your studio or office to build yourself some really useful content that will reflect your creative practice, your ambitions, and clarify the topics that you're hoping to connect with others on. So good luck, and most importantly, keep shooting, keep giving it a go. See you later. If you enjoyed this episode, please mention it to your friends or share it on Instagram using the hashtag SoulTradersPodcast. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you like to listen. You can search Soul Traders Podcast Community on Facebook and find us on our home turf of Instagram as Amy Snook and Bo Wong with an underscore between each letter. All original music for Soul Traders Podcast is composed and performed by our podcast producer, Dingo Smith.